That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to I've Heard That, the podcast from Heard App Marketing that discusses digital marketing trends, tips, and more. All right. Welcome back. I'm so excited. I have a new guest today. Chris, welcome. Hey, how are you? And welcome back, Dan. What's up? Thanks for having me back, Megan. Yes. Um, we are covering live events at Heard At, and I'm so excited for you guys to share. So there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, break it down for us, Chris. What happens before anything happens? Mm-hmm. So I, event days are my favorite day. Like Dan and I have been in this industry quite a while. Um, and there's just nothing like <laughs> being at a live event for like 14 hours, like trying to tell a coherent story. And, <laughs> and you know, when we talk to, we talk to college students or like high school students about what we do, <clears throat> we always try to set realistic expectations because right, pe- they think it's so sexy. Like, Hey, we're going to be at like front center row of, right. Yeah. And I always ask it, I'm like, Hey, why do you want to be in sports marketing or why do you want to be in entertainment? And they're like, Oh, I love going to concerts with my friends. I'm like, cool. You're going to hate this. Like <laughs> I you're not going to be watching. No, nah, I mean, Maha, we, you know, <laughs> you know, Dan and I aren't sitting and able to enjoy any of the bands. So we're thinking about 30 other things. Um, you know, sweet stock this last week. I mean, I didn't see a single song from a single artist the entire day just because we were running all day and have all these different responsibilities. So, uh, you really have to have a passion for telling a great story during an event. Um, and I think that's where it starts is just being in that mentality. Like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not here to enjoy this game or this event or this concert or whatever we're doing. Um, you're there to, you know, do the marketing and be, uh, be support for the owners of the events or, um, you know, whoever hired you to do so. Um, and I think it goes way back. I mean, my first job, 22 years old at the time get flown out to New York and was doing tour managing for bands. The side of that, which we didn't really know was a job at the time, was doing social media marketing. And it was all about being on MySpace and connecting with the kids in the next city uh, to get them to come out to your show. Because if you didn't do that, you weren't eating. So, I mean, this is almost 20 years ago that we're talking about doing social media marketing for for bands. And, you know, it's it really just kind of evolved over that time. And I've always had a passion for it. And mainly because I was always the first one to get the computer. Like this was back in the day. <laughs> of like computer labs or like somebody had a computer in like their parents' house. Like I didn't have a cell phone at the time. Like we weren't able to just upload things via iPhone. So I always loved having (laughs) the first priority on getting the computers. But I mean, that's, that's really where it starts is, Hey, having a passion for telling a great story um, about the event that we're working. And what do we do to help um, plan for the event or like rally the team? So, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, I start in a really different place. I mean, where it starts for me, like a lot of things, uh, is desired outcome from the client or the film or like, you know, some of those things ring true. And so um, and sometimes where we start depends on whether we're in year one or we're in year zero, Um, because what happens a lot of times is um, client needs to promote coming event they want to 
um, you know, release a video asset in one form or another, uh, broadcast spot, social spot, whatever, whatever. And then are like, oh, wait, this is year zero. Like we don't have any assets. <laughs> what are we going to go? How, how are we going to do that? Um, or then, so then you, you go into it. Um, and then at, you know, we have done so many different, um, types of, of, of event work. Um, and I much like Chris, I came like way, way back in the day. I did two stints on the Vans Warp Tour. Um, a lot of my work previous to this was doing action sports events. Um, but every client is, you know, it potentially is like a little bit different um, of where um, are we starting to create assets for the library for the next year? Or are we starting with like kind of how how do we like buzz now, buzz now, like like promote what's going on? And then, you know, a lot of times it's both of those. And it's just you change the faders on how maybe from year to year or from client to client. Like this summer was interesting. Like it was probably like our most events in, in one time period. Mm-hmm. Um, we did two music festivals and... Um, the final stop of the corn Ferry tour, which is the PGA feeder system through the pinnacle bank championship. And like all three of those started in totally different places and had totally different agendas from, from one another. So probably like a lot of heard at things um, like it's not, you know, Hey, let me go to the shelf and get you like event coverage. Oh, do you want like the supersized fries with your event coverage? Like it, it doesn't work like that. Everybody's got some different needs and they're sort of all over the, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place, um, which is fun. It keeps it exciting. Mm-hmm. I think you can, uh, my philosophy on event coverage is we should always be doing three things. It's one selling tickets two engaging fans and three showing sponsor loves pretty much every activity that we have fits into one of those three categories. Yeah. Whether it's pre-planning or day of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit more about what happens. It's game day or go time <laughs> or concert time. What, t- what, um, I know you guys are up bright and early no matter what time the event starts. So walk me through a day. So life. yeah, it usually starts the night before, um, where we're kind of game planning about what we're doing. Obviously it starts well beyond, but actually like getting ready for game day. Um, we always want a cooler filled with Red Bulls uh, and snacks. Uh, you want a cooler filled with Red Bull snacks. <laughs> uh, Dan uh, told me early in our career, he's, he's got a, uh, a rule that I, I still live by, and that's feed yourself, feed the team. So making sure that you have, um, making sure you have things for, uh, for the team members throughout the day. Um, but really just game planning about what the entire day needs to look like. And generally, when you're working with client, they'll hand you a sheet of, here's your must-haves. Here's nice to haves. And then here's if you get bored, here's some things that you can do. So understanding what the client goals, because on, on those days, it, it rarely feels like we're a hired hand or like mm-hmm. a contracted vendor. It very much feels like, and we've built these relationships over the years where it feels like we're part of the team. Um, and that's how we prefer to um, exist in these relationships where it's like, hey, you can count on us for pretty much anything. Like here's our job, but if you need help, <clears throat> we're going to be there to help you out. Um, and so identifying what those goal, goals are and then figuring out the timeframes. And, and like Dan will probably tell you is, you know, you work backwards from desired result. Like, hey, we need to pop these, you know, these five sponsors. They're brand new to the event. 
We want to make them feel really happy about their investment. And here's what they've been promised to by, by salespeople. You co-sign that, Dan? Yeah, I, I think I think you make a really uh, important point about sort of like like popping sponsors. And, you know, it is really understanding. And I think um, so you also see like freelance folks jump in sometimes. And it's really interesting to see the difference in how some of that works in um, and and I, I, I totally get it because sometimes they're almost from a fan perspective. Uh huh. On the idea that like, dude, oh my God, um, you know, Dave Grohl on stage right now is the most important thing that I need to be covering. And what they lose, you can lose in that, like Chris just mentioned, is like, you're, where, you're a partner of the event, like you're like a surrogate to provide them in, in my area, um, you know, cinematic storytelling and cinematic assets. They have sponsors and partners of their own who have invested a lot of dollars to make these events happen, you need to be cognizant of trying to help take care of those things like you become. And what's, what's been really interesting and really fun as we've worked with some of these events year, you know, year after year, it starts to see, you can see the wheels build again, at least on like the, the video and films end of honestly, like, we create inventory assets. Like we're not an expense. We're actually something for them to sell mm-hmm. because they can now either um, like this goes, this goes back to something we were doing like prior to her dot, but, and, and it's just, you know, sometimes mentality is just really interesting the way it's, it's marketing, right? If I tell you you're a platinum sponsor of an action sports event and that costs 60 K a year, um, but then for our five events, I want to charge you $3,000 for commercials to run on the webcast. A brand might feel nickel and dimed like, what the, oh, come on, I'm paying you this. But if at the beginning of the year you tell them, oh, it's 75 grand and you get all of this. And part of what you get is also these spots that run on their webcast brands far less like, oh, okay. That seems fair. And then as a partner, we fall in the role of executing those kinds of things like that. So, you know, and then it becomes even like the next level, almost after like year three, four, five, like we start collaborating on what those opportunities are. Like that potentially is another part of like to jump back to the lead in that informs the day of, um, you know, and then of that, like, okay, well, you know, we could produce this. And then they're like, oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Because like Chris mentioned earlier, we have new sponsor XYZ and we're, we're not sure exactly where they fit in on some of like the, like the other elements. So that stuff, um, other game day stuff for us in the, the films division. Um, but actually it's, it's the same Chris overseeing social, um, which I know seems super basic, but it's really important and gets super messed up. Um, batteries are charged, uh-huh. are available. Media is clean. Batteries are charged um, because it will a million percent happen. Where um, and we we speak from experience. Where oh, like yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. I'm hardly shooting. Oops, forgot to charge batteries. Uh, event director comes over on the last day and is like, Hey, still photographer. 
actually, okay, here's your day. We need like 90 shots. Here you go. And it's like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm out of battery. Uh, so yeah, it's just making sure you like, you know, take, taking care of those basics. Um, we also try to get like a, a walk, a lay of the land. Mm-hmm. If we haven't been there before, like we try to get there early and kind of take a buzz around so we can kind of, um, like even understand the function. So like we just did, um, uh, like nineties, uh, kind of, you know, music, um, la- legacy artists, um, festival and, you would think, um, oh, where media partner, we should enter at where the VIP is. That'll be like easy for us. Well, actually, the way that this venue ended up laid it out, if we had done that, that would have absolutely been the farthest place possible <laughs> from where we needed to go in. Uh-huh. Um, so just kind of figuring out some of that that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, like like Chris mentioned earlier, working backwards is super important in sort of a very practical sense where you're like, okay, um, you know, if the DJ walks on stage at two and we need uh, camera people in, in the photo pit and we need, and then they need um, social people were at the door as people are clicking and coming in. Okay. You retro engineer that. All right. How long to get our passes? Like, okay, okay. If we get our passes the night before, like you, you back out of that instead of just thinking about, oh, well, well, doors open at 11. Okay. But if you need to actually be covering that, you need to be in position at 11. So how, what does it take you to get there? Yeah. And I know sometimes we, you just mentioned like a lot of people that are actually on site, but we also have offsite team members sometimes that are helping because there's so much, you know, like Wi-Fi, for example, like that you have to account for, like, will we be able to drop that? Um, you know, will we have mobile service or is somebody physically going to have to run this from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get this? Um, how's the team going to work and flex together throughout the day? Yeah. From a social perspective, it's super handy to have somebody that is in a controlled environment, consistent Wi-Fi. They have a keyboard in front of them. They're, you know, they aren't trying to do things on the fly and like log into different accounts and everything. So from yeah, event perspective for social, love having somebody offsite because then we can take assets, photos, videos, whatever, and then move those over to the person offsite. <clears throat> and they aren't because you know, especially when we walk a site earlier, we're like, oh my gosh, Wi-Fi is awesome. <laughs> and then you jam 6,000 people into the area. Be like, oh, our Wi-Fi is really not as good as we thought it was going to be. Um, and, you know, most events, venues, they, they'll even set up, you know, this last one, the festival that we did, we had a private, <laughs> we had a private uh, Wi-Fi server that we were connecting to. Still wasn't strong enough. <laughs> it was easier to do it over a cell phone. And we're just in a lot of different environments too. What's really nice about the the remote person on the social side, because then sometimes we'll drop video assets to them too. Again, every festivals or or, or every event, I should, because it's not just music, we do this different. Sometimes you're not in a really secured place. So there's not a good space for somebody to pop up with their laptop, have power, have Wi-Fi, and, and be, you know, like... Uh, um, uninhibited, like, like not having people around. Also it helps, you know, not having their faces melt with sweat dripping onto their laptop because <laughs> most of these are outdoors. Most of them are in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah, it's mean, hot too. I mean, but, you think about being around the cage for a fight uh, that we're doing and those lights are so bright and you're just melting there. Your computers are melting. Someone's like what dripping sweat on you. And like, yeah. And other like stuff. The, yeah. Drop down there. <laughs> 
Um, well, that yeah. So day of obviously is a blur, um, and there's a lot of work to still be done after the event. So what happens after an event? So for social, um, we we always have a few days after the event that we're kind of controlling things to, <clears throat> and and it's really helpful from and uh, in, in any of the events that we work with, they'll tell you the same thing. Like having dedicated social people is a huge blessing because uh, a lot of times a lot of these events they've relied on themselves or like an intern or whatever that has 40 other jobs to be doing to be working on social um, so having dedicated people that are only thinking about social has been super helpful and generally that leaks a few days after the event so we can you know post any thank you assets things that need to go out do a little bit of community management afterwards and then um, go into reporting to see how the event did especially these multi-year events it's really good to see okay hey been improving every year uh, with our engagement, which what it should do on social. Yeah. Yeah. If you see a dip, usually it means something's wrong. Um, <clears throat> but going into reporting, things like that, and then just preparing for the next year, um, figuring out what we can do and doing a little um, internal Monday morning quarterbacking for our team to say, okay, this went well. This is what we need to improve on. Um, here's the changes that we make for next year. But Dan obviously has <laughs> a quite bigger workload yeah. post events. It's, I think it's interesting when you look at, like videos set up when we're, when we're working with an event and, and then how it matches also with socials. It's like, it's like a bell curve. We're in the middle. So for films and video, I'd say it's typically like, like a, uh, I don't know, like a four or five on the run up. It's maybe like a six or seven for covering the event. But then it's also like another six or seven posts, uh, you know, on a scale, sorry, on a scale of 10 of like how intense we're going, where like social is is usually pretty low on the run up. They're super maximized doing tons of stuff during the event. And then they, um, you know, they kind of pod down. Uh-huh. But the thing you got to remember, like we now need to create something out of what we've shot. Um, and that's also changed a little bit over the year. Like, like it's a really interesting, like symbiotic relationship with social and video um, because there was, so there was a time period, even in the trajectory of heard at where most of the social content coming out during the event was produced by like the films division. Like we're doing same day edits um, you know, I know we did like a really fun thing one year, like on Twitter where we, for a, a MMA fight where we basically told like a story, like throughout the day, like we got each fighter as they arrived and like, dot, dot, dot. but like as a- equipment, IE phones, and then also like social platforms have gotten better and like limitations have changed and this kind of stuff like that. The things that social can handle in the moment have kind of moved over to them. Um, and then we are taxed a lot with, um, I like to refer to it as like long lasting assets, both the video footage. And then we're typically creating like a really high quality, like wrap, wrap up video. Um, so we also have like this after process, both in the whole event, but also by the day, I mean, and anybody in production knows, I mean, it's called dumping media. Like social gets to go home or the event gets to go home. Like, well, we have six cards that we need to back up, double back up, make our redundancies, clean our cards so we can come back the next day. And then ultimately when the whole event is done um, and we're so stoked, like we just expanded our team. Um, we've got an, a, an assistant editor on board now. 
really, really good, really good guy named Sam Brennan. Um, and this is part of what assistant editors do is like, cool time to log this. You need to transcode all that footage and then you need to log it so that you can find it of like what, whatever, what was day, what, where's, where's all the 98 degrees stuff. Where's this fight? Where's that fight? And then catalog that because we're producing this wrap up video, like it goes away. But like Chris was saying, when we start prepping for the next year and you cycle to the time that event wants to advertise, you know, event 2021, event X in 2021 wants to advertise for 2022, you know, we're getting a callback in March of it's like, okay, we need to maybe start thinking about our broadcast commercial and we need to be able to access in a, a, a fast, concise manner, like the stuff that we shot the previous year. So it's really kind of an interesting, um, you know, we, we coincide with social in the middle of the event. Um, but they're probably like a little bit more, um, because they have to get stuff in the moment. Right. Cause, because it's, it's like, Hey, um, you have whatever you have to show that gates open. Like you have to show that like the merch stand is going off or that this venue and like, we get to be a little bit more cinematic and, and th- because we're doing post work, we're like, mm, I don't know. The light's kind of not great here right now. Like we'll come back or like, we'll do it at like a different time. So there's just some like interesting little different um, differences, but like, yeah, our, our post out, our post event out is much heavier than, than the social teams. Well, and then do you go back through and fill with like B-roll stuff too? So like you're like to your point, social is collecting and using assets, like basically Mm -hmm. as they're coming in and you're cataloging it all out. So you can go back and say, Oh, well we like the story, but, we didn't get that shot. So we're going to like handpick it. It wasn't, maybe it was your story at night, but you're like handpicking a shot from the morning, like just a little. Yeah, yeah. Or something. yeah absolutely. You're, you're doing the whole, like you shoot both magic hours and magic hours, magic hour. You don't really know on film, whether it's night or day as you get into some of that stuff. And, and, and again, you just sort of think about that. Um, and our coverage has really evolved over time. I know, um, you know, Chris was, had a really great thing that he said earlier about selling tickets and we um, which nine times out of 10 is on the agenda for the, for the event. And we, we try again, we try really hard not to lose sight of that. Even in some of the more Monday uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback esque stuff, like um, we, you know, we've done some stuff where we look at at client and it's, it's really cool and it's really neat and rewarding when we're like, Oh my God, did you see like how much like, we produced like a dozen like amazing 30 or 60 second, like high quality cinematic well-produced video clips throughout the tournament. Oh, that's great. Um, but then when we're patting ourselves on the back, we don't do it for too long because if you look at it and you go, Oh, wait a minute. So nine of those came out Sunday between like 11 in the morning and one thirty the last day of a four day event. So Chris and I would kind of joke, we were like, Oh, we just did garbage dump theater. Like that's not good. Cause you're not helping your client anymore. You're not helping the event because at that point, how many people are, they've already made up their minds by, you know, 11 o'clock on a, on the Sunday of an event. That's, that's day four of four and ends at five. Like we've, you've lost, you know, your tool can't help them. But yeah, so, you know, again, we, that's part of our post game process too, of it's like, Hey, okay, we're made some great stuff, but maybe we did it in a way that wasn't as helpful as it could be. How do we, um, 
how do we take what we're doing and for next year like let's let's move it around hey what if we produce more of those things in advance for you would that help um whatever sell more tickets um get more sponsors so that you can so that you can continue your event so that's kind of part of the aftermath as well yeah awesome no i think um back to selling tickets like it's it's telling that story to either create nostalgia for like hey we we went to this last year i'm so excited for it this year or it's that FOMO, like, I can't believe we missed out on that. Look at how awesome this was. Like, I'm pumped to go this year. So, um, yeah, you guys do an awesome job. Two different worlds, but they come together on on game day. So, yeah, they sure do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. I really appreciate your expertise as again. Um, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. We have new episodes coming out every other Wednesday. So, thanks again, guys. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Dan. Later, you guys. I've Heard That is a part of the Heard At Media Network. For more information, follow Heard At on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit HerdAtMarketing.com. A Heard At Media Production.